Hi, friends. Just want to pop in here and say thank you for being a part of the Rock Your Joy community. Last week on the show, I talked about setting intentions for 2021. And this is about the time of year where it starts to feel like those get a little fuzzy. But I want to remind you that one of the best ways to make sure that you achieve the goals and intentions you set for the year is to have a community of other people cheering you on and to have a coach who is holding you accountable. One of the best things I have found in my own life about having coaches and mentors is they help show me my blind spots. I've been able to measure my success, see my progress, and celebrate the areas where I have embraced more joy. I'm excited to announce that I'm opening up the next cohort for my small group mentorship program. If you are ready to show up with more joy, authenticity, and energy this year, I would love for you to apply for a spot in the program. Over the next six months, we'll be embarking on a journey using both energetic techniques and modalities, as well as scientifically proven coaching methodology, as I support you in your transformation into the best version of you. You can find all the information in the show notes, send me a DM, or go to my website, www.anyarock.com forward slash journey to joy. Hi friends, welcome to the Rock Your Joy podcast. I'm your host, Anya Rock, a woman, artist, entrepreneur, mom, and high-performance coach. I'm working on becoming the best version of myself and inspiring others to do the same. This is my invitation to you to be part of the collective shifting of consciousness. Let's choose love, let's choose joy, and let's rock your joy one day at a time. Hi friends, welcome back to the Rock Your Joy podcast. It's already mid-January and hopefully you're still feeling enthusiastic and energized about all the intentions you set for 2021. Many of you probably set health goals, which if we learned anything in 2020, it's that our health is the foundation of everything we want to do. And my guest today is here to tell us that it all starts from us. She believes that taking care and taking charge of our health is a big responsibility, one that most of us aren't sure how to navigate. Dr. Kumar Singh has been practicing Western medicine and studying traditional ancient healing practices with a focus on Ayurveda for over 20 years. Dr. Kumar Singh is demystifying Ayurveda and other integrated medicine, showing us how these simple ancient practices are the key to unlocking a healthy modern life. And the best part, anyone can heal themselves because it all starts with you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. So Avanti, tell us a little bit about your work and your mission. Give us a little backstory um, to who you are and what is your mission. Sure. Um, so I am a Western trained, uh, doctor. I trained in emergency medicine, but I grew up with, uh, Ayurveda, which is the healing tradition of India. And, um, really my mission, really what I've been doing for the past 10 years is integrating the two. Mm. Um, my sort of whole purpose in the work that I do now is to help people understand that they can take healing back into their own hands that they can take control of their health and wellness and 
it's really based on the principles of Ayurveda. Um, and so that's really what I've shifted my work. I don't practice Western medicine anymore. I exclusively practice Ayurveda, yoga therapy, um, and really advocate for the use of integrated practices, traditional healing in uh, modern medicine, modern medicine. So that's really where my focus is now. And was that shift or that kind of um, change? Did that come from an, uh, something or just a realization? What brought you back to the Ayurveda and had you leave medicine? Right. Well, so, you know, I think as, as many people who sort of go on a non-traditional path in Western society, in the United States anyway, especially people who are in the health professions, usually comes out of some health crisis that they have themselves. And it was the same story for myself. You know, when I was in my training, I started to get really sick and I would just routinely ignore my symptoms because, you know, I had decided to go to medical school and pursue a career in medicine. I knew that it was a really tough uh, path and that it was a rigorous training, but I knew what I had signed up for. And so I sort of had that mentality of like, I need to hack it, I can do it. And regardless of the the cost, the health costs to myself, I was going to push through and um, complete my training. And so, you know, like many of my, you know, friends and uh, colleagues around me, I would have symptoms and sort of do whatever I needed to do to sort of ignore them <laughs> and deal with them and just push on. And this continued for a long time for me. Um, you know, it got to the point where, you know, every time I tell the story in my book that, you know, every time I'd have a couple of days off um, from my, you know, row of shifts that I had in the ER, my body would say, okay, you know, let's take a break here. And, uh, you know, I would throw out my back. That was sort of the pattern I had. Um, in addition to the fact that I had constipation and constant headaches and a lot of anxiety and sadness and loneliness, I wasn't seeing my family. Um, I also had uh, plantar fasciitis in both of my feet. You know, I had a lot of symptoms, a lot of things going on that I just ignored. And it wasn't until I sort of was literally down on my knees. I was folding a blanket at home, literally just bending over to fold a blanket. And I threw out my back and was out for five days. Mm. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I just was forced to sort of lie in bed and think about a lot of things. I mean, I had the time to think finally. Um, and I really started to think about, you know, what was I doing? Um, why was I doing this? You know, how had my grandfather who had died just a few years before, um, lived until the age of 89 with no symptoms, no chronic health issues. He was not on a single medication. And it's because he lived a very Ayurvedic lifestyle. So I started thinking about the way that I grew up which was with the practices of Ayurveda. It was just the way we did things at home. You know, my parents are immigrants to this country from India and I'm first generation. So, you know, the way that we lived was sort of just the way we did things. You know, we ate a certain way, we lived a certain way, our home was kept a certain way. And I just would watch my mom sort of do these things. Didn't ask lots of questions because it was just sort of part of our everyday life. Um, but it was when I was lying in bed after being, you know, debilitated once again with the severe back pain 
that I think I realized I needed to go back to some of the things that I had grown up with because for the first 18 years of my life, I never got sick. I had no health issues. It wasn't until I got into my postgraduate training in medical school. It wasn't even in college so much, but when I got into graduate school, that's when the problem started for me. And it really was because I was not following any of the principles of Ayurveda that I had grown up with. I was completely out of sync with my life, basically, <laughs> um, with everything that was around me. And the only thing that I was concerned about was my career. And it was very, very unbalanced. So really, I think, you know, it's a common story that you hear from people. It's like they have a health crisis that sort of makes them go looking for answers to the questions that they have. And, you know, I want to be clear, I don't, it's not that I don't believe in Western medicine. I believe very strongly in Western medicine. But as I say many times to my patients and students, I don't believe that Western medicine has all of the answers. I think there is so much wisdom and power and beauty in these traditional healing systems, including Ayurveda, or the one that I prefer is Ayurveda, um, that is so powerful that if you can incorporate that into your modern life and into whatever you're doing from a, a Western medicine uh, perspective, there's a lot of power. You have a lot of power for health and healing. So that's really what happened for me. Beautiful. I mean, I think that's, uh, we talk a lot on this podcast and I'm, you know, I talk a lot about making time for that stillness to listen to our tugs. Sometimes it comes without, you know, sometimes those tugs knock on the door a little louder. So it sounds like that's what happened to you. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about for the audience that might not know Ayurveda. Um, what are those principles? What, what does Ayurveda entail? And Right. And so, you know, Ayurveda is such a vast science. It's 5,000 years old. And it's so it's the oldest system of healing known to man. It predates pretty much every other system of healing. And most other systems of healing, Western medicine included, and also traditional Chinese medicine, they both have their roots in Ayurveda. So Ayurveda is considered the mother of all healing. Um, and really what it comes down to, sort of the basic essence, because it's such a vast science, but really the basic principle in Ayurveda is that when you are in harmony with nature, when you live, eat, sleep, work in harmony with nature, you will have optimal health and a vibrant life. That's really what it comes down to. And so, you know, the example that I gave of my own personal story is that I was not living in harmony with nature at all. You know, my shifts were, I was awake during the night when all of nature was sleeping, I was awake. You know, I was eating whatever happened to be in my white coat pocket or in the vending machine. You know, most of it was processed, nothing was natural or in season, right? Where it was in sync with, with nature. Um, the majority of the food I was eating, right? So every aspect of my life was totally out of sync with nature. So no wonder I was having symptoms. And so, you know, the idea in Ayurveda is that when you're not in harmony with nature, these little things will start to happen. These, this, you'll be out of balance and the imbalances within you start to show up as small uh, symptoms, right? They show up as 
headache here and there, maybe some constipation or a tummy ache. And if you ignore them long enough, if you don't listen to those whispers or those tugs, as you call them, they progress and they become more and more chronic symptoms. You have additional symptoms. You go to, you know, uh, chronic illness and disease from there. So it's this continuum. So really, it's about staying in balance with nature. And there's really three ways that we stay in balance with nature or three areas of remedy, as we call them in Ayurveda. And that's routines, which are daily and seasonal, the diet, and then what I call the tools of yoga, because it includes it includes everything from postures to meditation, to breath work, chanting, visualization, all of the tools of yoga. It's not just the postures, which is what we tend to believe in in Western society that yoga is about the exercise of it. It's not. So that's a little bit about a little in a nutshell of what Ayurveda is. Beautiful. Um, and what would you, so you've, I've heard you say that you really believe the body and we um, heal our, can heal ourselves, right? That we're taught, and I think you've mentioned a couple of times, these symptoms, we're really taught to, we, we feel something and we're like, okay, I'll take something for that or I'll band-aid it, right? I, I have a headache. I'm going to take this. We are so externally um, oriented that we really ignore those symptoms, those little things until they start to add up. But how do we begin for the lay person, you know, the beginner, how do we begin to reorient ourselves and um, kind of heal from within? So I think the most important thing is to become aware, right? And it's really to realize that everything that's happening in your life on a daily basis is having some kind of an impact on you, right? Um, we talk a lot in Ayurveda that, you know, toxins which can cause the issues, which will cause the imbalances within us come from all areas of our life. So that doesn't mean they're just coming from our food. We're very hyper-focused on food in this country, which is, you know, is, is right to be, you know, so, but it's not the whole story right? It's not the only thing we should be concerned with. So I, you know, I have patients and students who come to me all the time. They'll tell me about all these dietary changes that they've made, but they still don't feel well because they've ignored every other aspect of their life. And the point in Ayurveda is that you need to look at your entire life from a 360 degree point of view. So that means we're looking at our relationships. We're looking at our career or our work, our passions and interests. We're looking at the environment or, or the space that we live in and work in, or even, you know, go outside in. Um, we're looking at our diet, right? We're looking at all aspects of our life to say, where are the toxins coming from? Where, what is causing the imbalance within me? And you take an inventory of that and say, you know what, I really think, let's say my relationships are causing me a lot of symptoms, whether it's anxiety and worry or anger or jealousy, or it could be physical symptoms. You know, there are people who feel um, who have a lot of GI issues, let's say, from, you know, from their reactions to their relationships. So it's really becoming aware and sitting down and really thinking about, you know, how are all the areas of my life affecting me? And once you start to become aware, that's really the key step. 
Because you will, if you're living consciously, and if you really have the intention of starting to heal, you will make small changes, right? So you'll notice the next time that you feel really angry because of an interaction you had with somebody else, you know, a difficult relationship or a challenging relationship you have in your life, for example. Um, and you might change how you react to that, right? You know, the point is, is that it, what we say in Ayurveda is that we have hundreds and thousands of sensory inputs coming in all day long. And those inputs create reactions within us. Whether we know that there are reactions or not, we might have physical reactions, we might have emotional reactions, there are always biochemical and physiological reactions going on, behavioral reactions, right? We have all these reactions. And if we don't stop to process those reactions, and keep what we need and get rid of the rest, they will build up as toxins because you can't you can't um, sort of protect yourself from having those inputs. It's not like you're, you know, I always say this, I think I say this in, in so many articles and interviews that I do is that you can't bubble wrap yourself and, and put yourself inside of a room and think that you're never going to be affected by the world or your life. Those are gonna be stressors that are always going to be there. I think it's all about how you, become aware of the reactions you're having and figure out ways to digest and process those reactions, keep what you need and get rid of the, of the rest. And so that's really where you can start to heal. It's just becoming aware of what's going on for you on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And given the higher levels of anxiety, mm -hmm. the current world, right? Pandemic has amplified everything and we're you know, we're what, nine months in? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Birthing something beautiful, hopefully. Yeah. But what have you seen or what is the most common relief or, or um, advice that you're giving right now? So it's again, first of all, becoming aware of the fact that you are going to have reactions to what's going on in the world. To think that you're not going to and that it's not going to be affecting your health and your mental and emotional health is, is quite naive to think that. Nobody is insulated from this. So I think just becoming aware. Um, one of the main things that I really suggest to people are a couple of things. The first is, is that, you know, COVID, this pandemic has basically disrupted our routines in every way possible. <laughs> you know, whether it means that we can't go to our place of work and, you know, we have to work from home, or it means we have younger children who are doing online learning, or if we even have older children like myself coming home from college and suddenly, you know, back in my home, <laughs> they had mm -hmm. left, right? <laughs> and, or, you know, or partners, multiple people in a home working. Mm -hmm. um, and so, our routines on a daily basis have been completely disrupted. So I think the most important thing to start with is to actually reestablish some routines. Mm. Um, anxiety has a quality of the air element, which is also the quality of the nervous system. And when our nervous system is out of balance, like it is right now, where we have a lot of anxiety, those two qualities, those two things will increase each other, right? By increasing some stability and some routine, 
we actually are able to decrease the amount of movement that's going on in our lives and our minds and it and it helps to decrease the anxiety it's uh the principle in ayurveda which is called what i call the golden principle which says that like increases like and opposites reduce mm. and so if you have a lot of movement right a lot of irregularity in your routine that is going to increase your anxiety because anxiety can be described as increased thoughts across the mind right uh, restlessness uh, worry those are all things that have a lot of mobility so the opposite to bring that balance back into balance would be to create stability routine you know and you can start the simplest way is to you know stick to a regular bedtime and a regular wake time every day and make sure that you're eating your meals at the same times every day that's a great framework to start with um so that's that's really the first thing that i always uh suggest to people is to really look at their routines on a daily basis and what they're doing and create some regularity it helps to calm the nervous system down hi friends it's anya i'm so glad you're here listening and i do hope that you are loving this podcast and all of the content that i'm bringing you each week as I look ahead to 2021 and I plan out that content, it would be so valuable for me to hear from you. If you go in the show notes, I have a listener survey, and if you could just take five minutes and fill it out, I'll enter your name in to win a $25 Amazon gift card. I so appreciate your time and can't wait to hear from you. Thanks, friend. Has the pandemic changed your practice? Oh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> everything is virtual. Pretty much every speaking engagement, teaching engagement, because I do a lot of education, mm-hmm. was suddenly canceled. And then um, I think that once people kind of figured out what was going on, I've been doing a lot of things online. But yeah, everything is virtual now. I'm sure it is for you too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was already mostly virtual, and but I remember, right, I mean, we were lucky, but I remember sort of saying, you know, a lot of our routines did stay the same. Our kids didn't go to school, things like that. But particularly with small children, really doubling down on predictability, you know, was Mm -hmm. a big, uh, just intuitively felt like what we needed. And uh, my daughter just said the other day, like, we made it through three months of quarantine, mom, we can do anything. Yeah. (laughs) You know, know, well, and what you're talking about is actually really, really key because, you know, routine creates a sense of stability and safety. And that's really because what happens is that, you know, our sympathetic nervous system basically is told to calm down. We don't feel like we're in that constant fright, flight, you know, freeze uh, mode, which if we don't know what's happening next, right, all of this anxiety because we're sort of uncertain of what's going to happen in the pandemic. If you then layer that, you know, on top of that, a routine that's completely out of whack and unpredictable it creates more anxiety. So our sympathetic nervous system is always on. When you have that routine and that predictability that you just mentioned, you actually shift your nervous system from the sympathetic into the parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. And so everything just calms down. It's like you turn the volume down on that stress response. It doesn't go away, but it definitely gets turned down to a managed, uh, you know, place that's more manageable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I um, often share, and I'm always encouraging my listeners to just start a breath practice, a meditation practice, Mm -hmm. because I know it 
I already had an established practice and it saved me through this time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just knowing that again, the routine of my husband and I would joke like, well, we don't have to get up at five thirty anymore, but we still have to get up a little earlier mm-hmm. to have that time and to have that stillness and to be able to, yeah, reset the nervous yep. system and reset our mind. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's really important. So whatever you can do for yourself personally, and again, this comes back to, I mean, I can make all kinds of suggestions, but I do think that it's really important for people to become aware and to sit quietly and consider different things that will help them to reset their nervous system, to bring down the the, the volume of the sympathetic nervous system and, and push them into some relaxation. So whether that's breath work or meditation, you know, meditation could be something as simple as making your coffee or cooking, right? There's so many different ways to meditate. You don't have to sit on a cushion on the ground um, in lotus position, <laughs> right? You can go for a walking meditation. So I think um, really just having that awareness is is really the key. Mm-hmm. And as we head into the holidays or um, the new year, right? Depending when this airs, <laughs> there is a focus. Well, let's say for the new year, right? There's a real focus, I think, on new year. I'm going to kind of revamp all of my goals and we we tend to get really food centered. So from the Ayurvedic perspective, from the perspective of healing, and we've all been through this really traumatic year. So there's going to be kind of a reverberation. Um. And I know it's not all about food, but to kind of go into food, because I think food is a, a really grounding, it's a really um, simple place to start. Mm-hmm. What are some of the routines around food that you feel bring people back into balance with nature? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a few things. So, you know, um, the most important thing to keep in, in consideration um, in Ayurveda, when we're talking about the diet and food, is really making sure that you eat seasonally. That's the most important thing, again, because it's about being in sync with nature. You know, Mother Nature is so much more intelligent than we are. You know, she knows what to provide at what time of the year, right? So, you know, in the winter, the colder months, we have a lot of root vegetables. We have heavier, that have heavier qualities, right? A lot of the recipes that we make in many different cultures have a lot more fat, have a little more sugar, right? Have heavier meats and vegetables. They're warmer, they're hot. We're not making salads in the winter, right? So, you know, intuitively think about what feels good and then make sure that it's seasonal. So that's the most important thing to to think about as you're resetting with food. Don't be worried about, you know, oh, it's too, you know, heavy. There's too many carbohydrates, all that other nonsense. That's that's not actually important at this time. It's it's more important to think about what is nourishing to you, what feels good, and and eat those things. The other thing I would say is that you know back to this idea of routines and rituals, right? To create that predictability is to really create sort of a process or a, a routine around eating food, right? You you change it from just being something that you consume into something that is nourishing your body. When you set the table, you know, put down a placemat, add some flowers, a candle, you know, you make it beautiful and you get rid of the electronics while you're eating. It's only eating, you're not walking, talking, watching TV, you know, looking at a phone, reading. 
you're sitting with your family or with other people or just by yourself and just enjoying a nourishing meal. I think that that, again, changes um, how your body receives food and what it can do with the food. So I think that, you know, just changing the perspective around it is really important. Mm -hmm. And are there, with Ayurveda, are there like universal like or individualized like should some people be eating more of a certain thing or like um if i remember correctly that we all kind of have certain qualities we do so you know there are there are more specifics when you get um deeper into ayurveda but really from my perspective if you're beginning with ayurveda it's better to start general because it can become very overwhelming i am not a believer in people going according to food lists and becoming obsessive about, you know, are they using the exact right spice or the exact right this or the exact right that, you know? Um, I think the point here is that you, you start seasonally, eat what's in season and start to tune in with what's going on for you. You know, there are, there are specific guidelines around how to choose which foods might be better for you within that season. And that's really based more in the beginning on what imbalances or what symptoms are showing up for you. Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably a longer discussion mm -hmm. than we can have here. But um, yes, so the answer is yes. But I do think that the best starting point is really just some of these general principles that um, can benefit everybody. Doesn't matter, you know, what your constitution is or um, what symptoms you have just eating seasonally and really making it an experience to make it more nourishing and to focus on the nourishment of food rather than just the consumption of food changes everything. Well, and you said like eating food that eating foods that feel good, but the nourishing piece is so vital. Mm -hmm. Sometimes foods might feel good in the moment, but when I really tune into that sense of nourishment, you know, in the fall cold. I always feel like it's, especially here in Chicago, like it's, if for me, it's, um, I really long, I really go toward those more grounding foods. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's that sense of nourishment that I, I love tuning into that, that word. And then I think you touched on that for relationships too, and the environment and this ritual around eating, like what is nourishing our whole being? Right. Right. You know, it's interesting. I actually just did um, a piece with someone a few days ago on this idea of nourishment. And they asked me to sort of define what nourish or nourishment means to me. And, you know, really the way I describe it is that it's anything that can that that creates a sense of ease in your body, mind and spirit. And so that's going to be different for everybody. But, you know, um, I think that really focusing in on your five senses, again, we talk a lot about sensory inputs and the senses are very important in Ayurveda um, because it's how we experience the world. But I think that if you can think about your senses, you know, what what is um, a sound or what is some music that creates ease in your body, in your mind, in your being, right? What are foods that feel nourishing or like, you know, create a sense of ease within you? Um, you know, what are some scents that create that sense, you know, evoke memories that are pleasant, right? All of these things create ease within us, and they're very nourishing. So I think that that's another way 
to think about nourishment. Mm-hmm. So you recently wrote a book mm-hmm, called Health Catalyst. Mm-hmm. What led you to write the book and who is who should read it? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've always wanted to write a book, but I really wrote the book because, you know, I've as I said, for the past 10 years, this has been my focus is really educating people on the power of Ayurveda and integrative medicine. And pretty much everywhere I would go to speak, people would ask me, have you written a book? <laughs> because we would get into an hour and a half or two hour workshop and they would want more. And so I think, you know, this book has taken me two years to finally create. Um, and it was really based on the requests of, of all my students and patients. Um, they wanted sort of a, a guide to be able to take what they were learning with me in a two hour workshop and be able to work with it at home um, in their own lives. And so really the book is for anybody, like you said, but it's really meant to be a beginner's guide on Ayurveda. It's not meant to be a bunch of guidelines or a bunch of lists. It's about uh, helping you learn how to think in this way so that it becomes intuitive because all of this information is actually within you. You know, I write in the book that many people over the course of an hour and a half or two hour workshop with me, they'll start out feeling very confused about Ayurveda. And by the end, they they really understand that it's just intuitive. It's like, they're like, I kind of know this already. It's very familiar. And I always say, yeah, it's 5,000 years old. There's a reason it feels familiar because it is familiar. It's part of our intuition. And so I think really, you know, I even chose the the title of the book to be the health catalyst, because I really believe that Ayurveda is a catalyst. It It's a catalyst that sparks inner transformation and re-sparks that inner knowing that we have and reminds us of what we already know. So, you know, it's not that I'm you know, really teaching you anything that you don't know. I'm just teaching it to you again, you know, and, and, Restimulating that those knowings that you have already. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> so, when we talk about rocking your joy, mm-hmm. where are you finding joy these days? I am finding joy in connecting with my husband and my kids and my parents, and even my sister who's in New York. Um, in a very deep way, in, in ways that I haven't, I guess, haven't had the time or the, the concentration focus <laughs> to be able to do so. Um, I think there's so much joy in just spending time together and talking about a lot of things that sometimes we don't have the time to talk about and to express. Um, so that has been really giving me a lot of joy lately, I'd say. Beautiful. Those are good connections to be making mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in this in this time. Yeah. That's, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on. We're going to put links uh, in the show notes to your book and to find you if people want to take your workshops or work with you and have more questions. I would love that. But I really appreciate you sharing your story and um, bringing this knowledge and information as we bring ourselves back in tune with each other and ourselves and hopefully uh, create more healing in the world. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope that, 
you know, um, that people will find my work inspiring and helpful and um, that it will just, you know, spark something within them to realize that they really have the power to heal themselves. And mm-hmm. it's all within them. So thank you for having me. Beautiful. Thank you. If you love this podcast, and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. Feeling inspired and want to share the joy? Leave a review so others can find the podcast more easily. Want to hang out more with me? You can find me on the interwebs at www.anyarock.com. That's A-I-N-E-R-O-C-K. And I'm also on Instagram at Anya underscore rock your joy. Till next time, rock your joy. This episode was produced by Dante32.